Hi, I am Dino Cazares from the group Fear Factory, Asesino, and Divine Heresy, and you're listening to the Phantasm Podcast. Phantasm. Maximum terror. Ah! That's your target audience, baby! Phantasm. You know something? I sort of enjoyed it. Phantasm. Sell the metal! Sell the metal! Sell the metal! Sell the metal! Ah! 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 Been trying to get on for seven years. Finally got him on. Super excited to have him today. Huge fan of the band since way back in my teen years. Love this band. Uh, we've got Dino from Fear Factory, and we're going to be talking about Recoded today, which comes out today on Nuclear Blast Records. And Dino, thank you for doing this today. I appreciate you, sir. Thank you for having me on it. I appreciate that. And the record is out today. Yeah, it's so cool. It's, it's so cool. Um, yeah. So let's go back to last year. Uh, aggression continuum. Uh, what a great record! Um, Thank you. When you do these, when you go in, and, and I've always enjoyed uh, Fear Factory. You guys do so many different surprising things. Do you do you enjoy going and remixing the work from the previous re- like like the actual album? Do you enjoy going and doing that? Is that fun? Is it? Uh, I, that's kind of a dumb question. Is it? Is it uh, as rewarding as making the album, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yes. Um, But the cool thing about doing a remix is that you have other people that are pretty much starting, you know. Of course, you have the song already written, and then you give it to these different artists and, you know, different DJs and, and, you know, uh, guys like Reese Fulber who really get the band. He's been working with the band since 1992. Um, And you get... you know, all these other DJs and stuff like that to remix your track. And just to see how they envision the song is completely very, very interesting. And, and, and it's really cool because, you know, they're going to throw in all their elements into the music. And then, you know, on this record in particular, we I was able to, you know, get on video conference with these guys and just actually go through these songs in real time and just, you know, figure out parts and, it's really cool. Um, I enjoy it 100%. Let me ask you this. As far as, like, the the actual... And we'll go back to last year with Aggression Continuum. Was there anything at this point creatively that you feel like you achieved with this album? I really like this record a lot. I love all your old records, but I really dig this record. Recoded? Are you talking about Recoded? No, no, no. We're going back to Aggression Continuum. Okay. So... Is there anything that you feel like you, because you guys have so much great stuff, it, was there anything, because I really like this record, um, is it, so with Aggression Continuum, was there something specific on this that you felt like creatively you achieved with this album that you hadn't done maybe in the past with other records? Well, every record you do, you try to, you know, you try to take it a step further. But, you know, Fear Factory is such a legendary band. It's a legacy act, you know. We, we have our own sound. We have our own thing that we do and what we're known for. Sure. Um, 
And I think sometimes working with other people, working with other artists, like for instance, a song like Recode, you know, um, if you strip it down, it's just a, you know, it's a killer track still. But, you know, when you have guys like Igor Kreshkov from the band Yes, the keyboard player, come in and help us right. add all these symphonic and orchestral stuff to take this song to another level that is stuff stuff i feel like we've you know we haven't touched on that in a long time and that i feel took us to another level as well um because the last time we did that was during resurrection which is a 1998 yep obsolete album um where we had the vancouver symphony orchestra come it's amazing play all the parts yeah so we haven't done that in a long time so to, to have eager come in to do that on recoded I felt that was something that we haven't touched on in a while, but it kind of took it to another level. And so a lot of that stuff, you know, really, really, you know, excites me when you're collaborating with other artists. And, you know, I believe that we were able to take that and take it to another level. And it's like, you know, for us, it's like, okay, what are we going to do different for every record? You know, every record has its own thing. Of course. but But they all fit well together. You know what I mean? Maybe not transgression. (laughs) Well. But but all the other records, they feel really well together. And, and you know, for instance, what I'm trying to say is, like, when when we go and play these songs live from all the records, you know, you could also hear the different eras of these records when it came out. Of course. At the same time, they all fit well together, and it makes one amazing show. But going back to what you said, is there anything that I achieved on this record? You know, I think, you know, just pushing it forward as much as you can is what what, what we achieve on every album. I remember seeing you open for Iron Maiden at the Masquerade in Atlanta, Georgia. 1996. Yes, sir. Unbelievable. Yep. Closest I'll ever get to Fun. seeing Iron Maiden like that, too, so that was incredible. Funny story. Please. Funny story about that. That same night, uh, we had these guys that were like banging on our bus door, and it was Fred Durst and Wes. <laughs> was his name? Yeah, Wes. Wes Borland. Banging <laughs> on our door, trying to, trying to play us their demo. Well, they played us their demo from, um, from Limbiscuit. <laughs> that was the first night that we met them. Really? That's funny. Yeah. That was hilarious. Yeah. So... Another question. I've been. I've want, I have so many questions for you today. I just try to make the most of each question if it's cool. Um, I love all the Blade Runner and Terminator references throughout the years. So thank you for that. I've never got to meet you, so thank you for that. I think it's the coolest thing in the world being a huge uh, sci-fi dork. Um, I love. If you, if you, if you uh, have the new record, is a song called "Fuel Injected Suicide Machine," which is about the first Mad Max movie. Oh, that's so cool! I didn't know that's what that was about. That's awesome. Yeah, that's that's. I'm the writer. I am the fuel injected suicide machine. That's so cool. Did you, did you enjoy the uh, Tom Hardy Mad Max picture? I loved it. Oh yeah, of course, one hundred percent. I thought they did such a good job with that. I went into that very hesitant and walked out of the theater. In fact, I think it's one of the best movies I've seen in probably twenty years. I thought it was really good. Yeah, I saw it. You, you, you see the major production. You know they, they actually won. They didn't actually win best picture, but they won like best. 
you know, dressed, best uh, effects. You know, they won all that stuff, but except the best picture. Yeah, it's a shame. It's a, yeah, but it was, yeah, I saw the movie quite a few times. I saw it in the theater at least four times. And then at home, I saw it a few times. Because yeah, every time you watch a movie, you get something a little bit different out of it. You know what I mean? Absolutely, sir. Absolutely. Um, as far as the next album, are you tinkering with anything? Any ideas for it? Or uh, Yes, we already started. I've already started. Uh, me and the producer already started pre-production. On the album, fantastic. Um, yes, um, but at the moment we are labelless. We are not signed to any record company at the moment, so we are exploring our options from different record companies that make us offers. So that's going to take a little bit of time as well. So it might be a, it might be a, a you know a little bit longer to hear new music from from us, only because you know we. Uh, want, uh, well, I technically want to be signed to a record company before we can even put new, new music out. Of course, of course. So it'll be definitely, you know, next year sometime. But um, right now we have a lot of stuff on our plate. We're doing pre-production. We, we're getting ready for a tour. We just dropped Recoded. I'm doing interviews for for a few days now. Um, you know, we, we just have a lot of things going on right now. Absolutely, absolutely. I wanted to ask you as well, um, and a lot of bands I know do this now. I was I would love your your input on this because um, I just think it would be very interesting to hear what you have to say about it. What do you think about the idea of putting EPs out in between studio albums? Well, that's great. I mean, I think it's cool. I've I've known some bands that put out an EP, but then they use those those songs on the album. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, I always thought it was cool. You put like some B sides or maybe some stuff that you know, maybe some live tracks or something that never made it out or remixes. Even of course, you all have the yeah, remix well, record, but yeah. Well, for me, it's for me. What we like to do is do remixes because that's kind of like the in between stuff. Sure. You know what I mean? In between albums, like you know, if you're going way back to Soul Vinyl Machine, when we put out Fears the Mind Killer in 1993. That was in between. Oh, love it. Then we then we put out Demanufacture in '95, mm -hmm. '97. We put out Remanufacture. You know what I mean? Um, but normally, you know, like for, for like for this record, Recoded, um, we were, you know, in lockdown. Sure. You know, so I thought that was a good idea to do some remixes because we haven't done it in the last, what, 25 years? Yes, sir. So it's been a while, so I decided, hey, you know, since we necessarily can't put out any new music, let's just do a remix album. Sorry about that, I burped. No, you're fine, let's dude. Do a you're remix good. Album. Let's do a remix album, and uh, that's how this this whole idea came about. What about and and again, if this is bad question or something, I can completely edit it out, and I'll apologize for it in advance. Um, what are you all doing forward vocally? Um, like well, we uh, have a new vocalist. You do? Okay, I would love to hear about this. I did not know that. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm not. Oh, it's a surprise. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> well, we're waiting till we're waiting till next year for this tour to start. I was trying to get. You know, a new song out, but because we don't have a label at the moment, we things are kind of getting a little bit pushed behind. But, Man, I'm so excited you're keeping the band out. going, dude. I'm such a huge fan of the band. Um, yeah, you know, just, 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 you know, in life there's going to be a lot of challenges, you know what I mean? And sure. This is definitely one of those things in my life that I'm going to have to, you know, you, you, put, you just put your right foot forward and just keep going. You know, that's, that's how it is. I'm not going to stop 
you know, doing what I do just because one person decides not to do it anymore. Of course. You know what I mean? Of course. So, yeah. So, we got a new singer and we're going to be on tour next year. So, early next year. What's that Fear Factory and Static X starting in, starting in late February. That's that's cool. Now, is, is Tony still playing with you? Tony's still playing with us. Uh, we're doing a tour. It's going to be Fear Factory, Static X, and he's going to be doing double duty on it. Wow. Yeah, he's going to be tired. Yeah, he's he, he's so he's cool. You know, I if I'm not mistaken, and you can feel free to correct me on this, my brain it gets overloaded sometimes. I'm pretty sure I saw him playing with Ministry a few years ago. Yeah, he used to do uh, Ministry, but ever since he put Static X back together, he hasn't been doing that for a few years now. It's cool though. I thought it was cool when I saw him. I was like, oh, this is awesome. You know. Um, yeah, un unfortunately, you know, well, not unfortunately, but I've been. With Soulfly doing a lot of Soulfly touring, really? And Cavalera and Cavalera, yeah. That is awesome, man. We had Max on a while back. I love Max. Yeah, but we didn't go, get to go to Florida, so that's one of the bad things. Yeah, I don't. You know, well, I'm gonna be completely honest with you. My politically, my my home state is batshit crazy. So you, you know, I've got a lot of health problems, and during COVID, I'm gonna be honest with you, I became basically a hermit. And COVID finally caught me a few months ago, Dino, and I thought I was going to die. I ended up in the hospital, and uh, wow. if it hadn't been for Paxlovid, that uh, oral medication, it saved my life, the, uh, the wow. uh, antiviral. So yeah. if you know anybody that's older folks like, like, like us, you know, if you, you get it, that Paxlovid drug, it's an oral medication. You take it twice a day every 12 hours, and I did like 9 a.m., 9 p.m., and it saved my life. The, the trick with it is you have to take it right after you get diagnosed with COVID. So, uh, I got I got it I got COVID back in about a year over a year ago now. Oh uh, God! Actually, actually a year ago now actually. You know, oh wow! Last year, uh, but I was fine. I, I uh, had a couple of bad days, but after that, I was okay. Dude, it about fucking took me out. <laughs> I don't know what strain of it I got, but I mean, I've had worse flus and worse you know colds than that. Really? Well, I mean, I'm glad that I mean, it, 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 it... It affects everybody differently, I understand. Well, the scary thing with me, I had a bunch of uh, post-COVID symptoms. And I know that sounds crazy, but I had them. Like, I would get dizzy for no reason, disoriented and all this stuff. And I went to the doctor, and he's like, look, it's post-COVID stuff. So, wow. yeah, it was That's fucking scary. scary. Wow, so it lasted that long, huh? I mean, this was... So this was... I got it in either July or August... I believe it was July, and I had symptoms all through into like September, like po like wow. the disorientation and uh, dizziness. Like I would just get dizzy for no fucking reason. Like I, I would have to like sit down. Um, it was wow. very scary, man. It seriously scared the shit out of me. But yes, I know, I know, I know. It's like I know it's a very serious thing. I know, I, I know a lot of people who had it. Um, actually, my rest in peace, my manager Scott. Yeah, rest in peace. I'm sorry to hear that. That's oh, like awful. He passed away from complication of COVID and stuff like that. So oh, it's brutal, yeah, it's, man. It sucks. He was my manager for 25 years. Oh God, I'm so sorry to hear that. That's awful. Um, as far as um, artwork for Recoded and even aggression, uh, excuse me, aggression continuum. Did same artist, different artist? Did y'all go with different folks on those no. or? No, it was the same artist. A guy named Anthony Clarkson who. I brought in um, a few years ago uh -huh. when I was doing Divine Heresy. Oh, I love Divine Heresy. 
Yeah, so the second album, The Bringer of Plagues, is when I first started using this guy named Oh, Clarkson. cool. And then I also used him for Mechanize, The Industrialist, and Genexus. All great and albums. Then, and, then, and then now Recoded. Well, it's cool because... For, I use somebody different for Aggression Continuum. Francesco Artuzato, he's an Italian artist. And uh, yeah, he came up with the art for Aggression Continuum. So cool, man. I always loved your all's art. I, I love... It would always be... It was, it was interesting. It was like simply stated, but at the same time, it was very deep. Like on every record, it was like... I, I would always get the album and was just fascinated with like... Because listening to your all stuff on headphones, by the way, is still such a treat for me. I love to just sit down with... I've got a really nice, expensive pair of Bose headphones. And man, it just sit down and just kick back with a Fear Factory album and a beer. And it's like... The whole thing, just the production, everything, I can't tell you, like, it, I mean, even going all the way back, like, I, I mean, I remember just listening to the stuff, just going, God, what are they doing here? You know, it's, it's wild. Because I was a big, I was a big industrial kid, so I, I love death metal, but I love industrial music, so I loved everything you all were doing. So, and then, and being a sci-fi geek and everything else, it was just everything I wanted as a teenager, so... Yeah, you, you pretty much just described Fear Factory. <laughs> I mean, it's incredible. You know, all the all the sci-fi themes that we were, you know, that we really um, try to sing about, or you know, because because to the, to us that was kind of like you know that was that was like the future. You know what I mean? Looking at all those early sci-fi movies and all, you know, when you're going back to Terminator and to Dune and you know the Blade Runner and those movies like that, Mad Max. Those were all you know futuristic movies that we were just 100 percent fully influenced by you sure. know what I mean so to start writing those type of themes in our songs and concepts and we always try to make the artwork match the music well it did it does yeah <laughs> we didn't only want to you know infect your ears we wanted to visually you know make it appealing as well I mean if you go back to a classic a classic like D Manufacture oh. that album that album cover best the Describes the music. I mean, it's just they both go hand in hand. It's uh, yeah, like I said, and I I could not believe just as the catalog went on, just how exciting the music just kept going. Like it just kept, you know, it just every time I buy an album, and it was just it was really really cool. Um, as far as um, you you had mentioned Max earlier. Um, you guys go way back. When did you guys first meet? We first met in 1991. I was at a bar in Hollywood. It was for a big uh, music convention. It was called Concrete Foundation. So it yes. Was a, it was a music convention that happened uh, back in the 90s. And um, I can't remember what band was playing, but I was at the bar. And some guy grabbed me by my shoulder and he's also, he, he, he yelled something at me. And I turned around like... I, Turn around and knocked his his arm off my shoulder. I'm like, who the fuck are you? And he was, oh man, he's like, he started talking about my band Brujeria at the time. Oh, I love Brujeria. <laughs> oh yeah, Brujeria, this and that. I'm like, I go, who the fuck are you? He's like, I'm Max. I'm like, okay, what's up, Max? Sepultura. I'm like, oh shit. You know, because I didn't know who he was. I didn't know what he looked like. You know, but I knew the band, of course. And then I was like, oh shit. And ever since then, we just became friends. He's uh, a very special person. I, I, you know, and again, 
I, when I talked with him a while back, I, I, I consider those early Sepultura stuff, I consider it almost death metal. I don't really hear thrash to me. It's so nasty, you know. It's like the Teutonic thrash stuff, you know, like Creator or Sodom. It's real, just real nasty, you know. And, and yeah, you know, you know, it's it's it was even it was even more musical than some of the thrash bands you mm-hmm. hear. Had a lot of different elements in it. Absolutely, I mean? absolutely. Um, I love I love those early records. Oh, the nail bomb stuff, and I love. Yeah, I was involved in that. Oh yeah, I know, dude. You you have done so much amazing music, man. I can't think. I don't have enough time today to thank you for all the stuff you've done over the years. <laughs> Um, as far as, um, and we'll, and I'm sorry, I'm kind of jumping all around. I'm just trying to kind of touch on everything. Um, okay. with recoded, um, obviously Mr. Fulber, but is there, was there, uh, is, is it hard for you to pick? Like, I would imagine there's lots of folks that are like, Hey, can I remix this? Can I remix that? So how do, how do you go through and go? Yes, you can. No, maybe next time. Or is that, is that a difficult process as well? No, well, I picked everybody I wanted to work. Oh, okay, with. awesome. <laughs> I sought, I sought them out. You know what I mean? Amazing. Um, yeah. For instance, Sardonic was a guy who I was, who I, uh, you know, I liked some of his music that he put out. Sure. And so, I reached out to him, and he was like, "Hell yeah," you know. And he, he's a Fear Factory fan. Um, so working with him was was killer. Of, of course, you know, Reese Fulber has been involved with the band for since 1992 yes sir you know, he did the first the first remix is fear is the mind killer oh, you know he it. mixed he mixed uh demanufacture and did the remixes for remanufacture and produced obsolete and digimortal you know what i mean digimortal such a great album and then when i was out of the band for a few years and when i came back for mechanize i needed to bring him back so he did the production on that record as well and he did all the keyboards and everything and then um, the industrialist, we took a different direction. Um, we ended up doing most of it with Logan Mater and then obviously, you know, Reesburg on some of the stuff as well. And then going into Genexus, there was another record that Reese produced. Uh, then on this record, I decided to, on, uh, on, um, Aggression Continuum, I decided to handle the production duties myself with, with my, other actually another producer named Damien Raynaud who's been working with the band since the industrialist so we've had a lot of people work on these records with us and and it's amazing um one of the DJs his name is blush response mm-hmm. he's been working with the band since I want to say the industrialist era or it might have been Genexus I believe it was industrialist maybe even mechanized but he's been working with us for a while doing um at adding different uh, keyboard elements to the music um, and Rob G um, he is a guy I've been friends with for many years um, he was a really good uh, friend with my manager Scott Koenig yes. rest in peace and um, um, so he was a guy that um, you know I decided you know let's let's get some of that um, European vibe even though he's even though he's a New Yorker <laughs> he's got a lot of a lot of European vibe in them. Nice. Um, especially the Rotterdam hardcore um, GABA stuff. So he did Manufactured Hope. Um, and then there's a guy out of uh, Toronto, Canada. His name is Tyrant, Tyrant of Death. Okay. His stuff is insane. You, you, I'm sure you'd like it. Nice. You check it out. And I had him do the Collapse remix, and he 
He did. I didn't think the song could get any heavier, heavier but he did. He made it really heavy. <laughs> and then um, there was another guy named Dualized who, who uh, linked up with Zardonic, and they did Feel Injected Suicide Machine uh, together. Uh, and they collaborated together and did that song together, and that was that came out killer. That's amazing. As far as um, was it hard, and I can only imagine. And again, if this is something bad, like I said, I can the magic of the edit button. Um, want to make it? But I wanted to ask you: Was it hard going? I mean, I can't imagine just in general, just with the long, just uh, you know, the long working relationship with Burton. But is it hard, like going, like oh shit, we've got to go, you know, fill these shoes? Is that I can imagine, create you know, from a creative standpoint, that's probably difficult to go out and just go. Oh, I just got to go find this you know person to do this. So, yeah, um, definitely. Um, you know, everything. Uh, you know, it's it's very challenging to try to find somebody. It took me a year. People think that, like, the minute that he was out of the band, that I found somebody right away. No, it took it took a good year or so to find somebody. And I auditioned a lot of people. You know, a lot of people submitted uh, their vocals, uh, video tryouts for me to, to for me to check out. Yeah. You know, there was a lot of great singers. You know, there was a lot of good guys. And so it was hard to find somebody, uh, very challenging, you know? And I, and I know there's gonna be a lot of challenges coming up, you know? Sure. It, it, always, it always is that way, but, yes. um, but um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, we found a really good guy. I can't wait to can't wait for the world to see who he is, and uh, now move forward. It's incredible. Um, as far as um, you had mentioned, because I've always wanted to ask you this, because I actually never really knew what happened when you stepped away um, back way back when. Um, what was were you just burnt out, or were you just creatively exhausted or did you have other stuff going on or no 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 burden quit the band okay the band broke up and then they decided to put the band back together um but burton didn't want to want to play with me so uh raymond came over to my house and he said hey look the band is going to get back together but burton doesn't want to sing with you so we're going to move forward without you and I'm like, oh my god. Okay, I said, okay, you'll you'll have to hear from my lawyer. That's crazy. And that's how that worked out. So I was out of the band for a good six, seven years. They put out two records, Archetype and Transgression. Yes. And then, um, and then that version of the band imploded. And then Bird decided to make up with me and asked me to come back into the band. Right. And it took me. It took me at least a good six months before I even agreed to come back, because I just didn't trust him. I didn't. I wasn't sure. Sure. You know what I mean? Well, of course not. That's brutal. Get thrown out of your own band too. It's just like. Uh, yes, but I was never officially out of the band. I mean, I was still part owner of the band. Right. I was just not in the live touring band. That's crazy. So when I came back into the band, you know, uh, like again, I, I wasn't sure. I didn't trust him. I was just, I, is this real? Is this not real? Is he, you know, is this, what's what's the catch? Yeah, right, of course. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. 
So I was very hesitant on coming back. It took me about six months uh, until I did decide to come back. And then when I did, we put out Mechanize, and then the rest is history. Sure, sure. Um, I'm sorry that that ever happened. Like I said, I remember, and this is how, and I'm, I'm being dead serious with you about this. This is how, I never knew what was going on. Like, and I know that may sound dumb, but I just, I didn't know what was going on. And then when I saw a video, I believe it was for Archetype or whatever the hell that song's called, and you weren't in it, I was like, what the fuck is this? You know, and, you know, because it sounded, you know, there's his vocals and everything, but it's like, it wasn't you, you know, and. Yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people didn't know what was, what was going on. I didn't even know really what Forgive was my going ignorance. I just, I didn't know what the fuck was going I on. Any, I never got any real answers, to be honest with you. When I. When I decided to come back in, in, in 2009, um, I asked Burton, and Burton blamed the other guys. I had asked the other guys, they blamed Burton, so I don't know. You know what I mean? Sure, of course. I don't even know what the truth is. So all I know is that I came back into the band, and then, you know, years later, we get into another legal dispute, and then um, oh my God. because of certain things that happened in court, um, I ended up being the victor. Unfortunately, you know, unfortunately, uh, certain sacrifices had to be made and people chose to go a different direction. That's how it is sometimes, you know, people, people's lives change, you know, things change. Sure. And that's just how it is. And that's... Dino, I appreciate the hell out of your time today. I hope we can do this again sometime. I hope so too. And you know something? I sort of enjoyed it. <laughs>